when I've got a better sense of where I'm going, then it makes the day-to-day decisions easier. And it means I can let go of stuff more easily. I don't get hung up on certain things. Whereas when you're kind of a bit like, oh, what's the overall goal here? (laughs) Then everything feels as though it might be really important because it might be getting you there. Feeling shaky after maternity or another long leave from work? Comeback Coach is the Wobbly Bottom podcast about kick-ass comebacks with coaching psychologist Jessica Chivers. She's exactly what you need when you're riding the return to work roller coaster. In this coach episode, you're going to eavesdrop on a one-time coaching conversation. Jessica also hosts shorter comeback episodes where we hear the wobbly moments and success stories from someone who's made a comeback. My coaching today is Rosie. She's an academic with a six-year-old son and an 18-month-old daughter. She works four days a week for a university where she's been for nine years. The pandemic has significantly increased her caring responsibilities due to supporting family members and she struggled at times with the stress of trying to manage work demands alongside looking after her families and her own well-being. She says she saw the opportunity to do this podcast and grabbed it with both hands as a tool to avoid future crises. As you're listening, if you've got a question or want to tell me about your return to work, please tweet me at comebackcomuk, that's C-O-M-E-B-A-C-K-C-O-M-M-U-K, because I really do love chatting with you. And I'd like to say thank you to the specialist family law firm Raiden Solicitors, who are sponsoring this first season of Comeback Coach. This year, they won a prestigious Law Society Excellence Award for Marketing and Communications, And they were also one of only a handful of firms nationwide shortlisted for medium-sized law firm of the year in the Law Society Excellence Awards. If you're in need of family legal expertise, you're in wonderfully warm and capable hands. See raidensolicitors.co.uk. Rosie, lovely to be working with you today. Tell me about what's on your mind. Well, quite a lot. (laughs) Quite a lot of big stuff, really, at the moment, which is probably why I really sort of grabbed the opportunity to have this conversation with you. It's been a tough year for lots of people, an odd year in many ways, and it's really brought up a lot of stuff for me. And I feel like there's a lot of things that I'm trying to grapple with at the moment, like work-related, family, home-related, and it's all very intermingled, obviously. But on the other hand, it's kind of like there's two different sides to it. There's the immediate, literally, okay, I need some strategies to just be able to get through the next week, month, so forth. And I feel like this conversation will be very helpful for that. But then there's the bigger picture of where are things going and trying to get a bit more of a handle on that. So big stuff, really, I suppose. (laughs) Yeah. So there's big picture stuff that you want to talk about. And then there's the strategies to get through the next, you said, weeks, months. Yes. Where would you like us to start? Probably that immediate short-term coping, to be honest, because that's the thing that's really a bit too much on the edge, I think, at the moment in terms of keeping things in balance and letting stress get overwhelming sometimes. And I think just, again, the nature of what's been happening this year, There's, I feel like I have a lot less capacity for unexpected things to come up things to go wrong all of that stuff it's sort of somehow a lot of that resilience has been ground down a bit so it's made prioritizing and keeping things going difficult in some ways if that makes sense Mm. so if we imagine then if things were exactly how you wanted them 
to be, just start describing to me perhaps maybe it's a typical day or a typical week, you know, really tell me about how things would be different and better. Mm. I think there's a sense of being on top of things to an extent, which I'm really lacking at the moment. I'm sort of a fairly organized person in some ways and I make lists and, you know, there's various things that I do to organize my life. And that sense of order in certain things, I find very helpful and knowing that tasks are a bit more in hand rather than feeling as though I'm two weeks behind with everything and there's more that needs to be done and I don't know when (laughs) I'm going to fit it in. The more fundamental question is that I feel at the moment that I have more to do than I can actually fit into the time I have available and that's causing me quite a lot of stress and it's because of different elements of life being a lot more demanding sort of every element of life being more demanding at the moment that's the first thing I suppose is feeling a bit more of a sense of control and as though there is the time available to do the things I have to do yeah let me recap that then so when I said what is it that's wanted how would you like things to be better and different you've said it's about being on top of things it's about knowing when things are going to get done it's about having a realistic amount of time to do the tasks that you have to do and then latterly you said it's a sense of control is there anything else that you would like to be positively different They're probably the key things. We could go into some of the reasons why, what happens when some of that stuff isn't in place, (laughs) and how it falls apart a bit, and being able to cope with that, I suppose. Yeah. Well, maybe in a change to what you might expect, I'm not going to ask you to tell me about when things unravel. Mm. Instead, I'm going to ask you to try and bring to mind a time over the last, well, you decide the time frame, whether it's six months, a year, but a time since you've had two children, because we need to look for a time when you know, the same constraints were upon you, but a time when you felt, even if it was just a day, that you felt, this is okay, I'm feeling a sense of control, I feel like I'm on top of things. Can you bring to mind a day when you felt like that? It's difficult. And that's because literally since about February, March this year, when everything changed for everybody, really, I don't think I've felt that. It's just not been possible. And there's been too many different demands, different worries. Again, this idea of just having way too much to fit into the available time. So then sort of looking back before that, so that means my little girl will be a lot younger. She's almost 18 months now. So she was only about nine months then. And I was on shared parental leave a lot of that year, but I did have some working periods. We were kind of swapping back and forth. So maybe in September, that was when she was really quite small. (laughs) I did a few weeks work just because we had a few deadlines at work and stuff. So I just did a few weeks work. But I think as far as I could remember, it was so long ago that it was easier than I thought it was going to be. You know, I was a bit worried about that because it felt like it was going to be very soon after she was born. She was very little, but it was okay in the end. Let's zone in on that then, September, when it was easier than you thought it was going to be and things were okay. Can you remember anything about perhaps your mindset, your approach to what you were doing and how you were doing things then? Because I think there can be some clues in 
when things are going well for us and it's a technique we call appreciative inquiry so it's basically looking in this coaching context at a time when things are going well working out how they're going well why they're going well so that we can extract some form of a recipe that we can play forward to now Mm. it is a bit tricky to remember back because it was quite a contained period of time I think I did three weeks work I probably had quite a limited and defined list of what I was trying to do now that I'm thinking about that when I went back to work in June of this year again I went back on incrementally so I just did a few hours to begin with and sort of gradually increased it and again because I was starting off on quite low hours I had to have quite a defined list of what I was trying to achieve each week and that was very helpful and it's something that I am still attempting to do so the system that I put in place then in terms of having a list of tasks signing each week and noting them off when I've done them I'm doing it much more systematically than I used to do a couple of years ago but somehow now now that I'm closer to a full-time workload even though I'm not technically supposed to be full-time hours somehow it isn't working it's something to do with unexpected things coming in or maybe I have unrealistic expectations of what I can do each week so my planning isn't quite right or it's just not working (laughs) in the way that it did when I was only doing a few hours a week so you said maybe I have unrealistic expectations and perhaps you do because I think when you know you've only got a very small window of time and there's lots you could be doing with it we're very good at thinking it is a small window of time this is what I need to focus on, let's nail it. And yet, as soon as we're then working four or five days a week, it's easy to think, well, there's all the time in the world and to have these bigger grand ideas about what we're going to be able to do in that time. So I'm curious then about maybe I have unrealistic expectations. I think this could be some exploration done there. But also, I'm wondering about the unexpected things like to what extent are you having more unexpected things coming in than you did say last September has that changed or is that about the same it's probably quite different to last September that was only quite a short working period you know my colleagues knew I was only back for that time like I said I think there was particular deadlines and that was why I was going to be working then but I wasn't getting involved in wider projects and so forth it is a bit different and also because I was about to go back on leave for several months so there wasn't really the opportunity to take on new unexpected things if that makes sense yeah no it totally does and I'm wondering about home life are there unexpected things happening at home on a regular basis that we almost need to start to allow time Yeah. I mean, the big thing that's changed for me really is that my caring responsibilities have increased in terms of obviously I've got my two kids, but now I've got family members who I'm also trying to support in quite practical ways and who also need support of different types. And that can be unpredictable. And it definitely can. Like I've had days when I've suddenly had to stop work which is not something that would basically ever happen previously. I mean, I suppose maybe if the kids need picking up from school for some reason, but it was a rare occurrence. So yeah, that's quite disruptive, obviously, unpredictable. If you've got quite a tight schedule of things and already, you know, if you've already got an unrealistic list of stuff you're trying to get done in a week and then something like that comes up, then it can cause a lot of 
well, immediate stress, but also a lot of emotional reaction <laughs> because you're kind of so frustrated. Mm, I can totally understand that and relate to that on a personal level mm. and that needing to start to almost plan for the unexpected that actually you know is to be expected. You just don't quite know mm. when it's going to happen, mm. how much it's going to take from you emotionally how much time it's going to take from you practically. Yeah. And so I'm wondering if you were to be thinking about your well-being and, you know, have a real focus on that, I'm wondering what sort of time, as well as kind of the needing to deal with the care and responsibilities of things that are coming up that are unexpected, if you were to factor in some time each week for the unexpected, how much time are we talking about is it two hours? Is it half a day? Is it a day? And don't be scared by the answer. Just have a think about realistically what you think it is. It'd be quite a lot. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be at least half a day a week, I would say. I mean, yeah. at, at least. <laughs> yeah. And that's really good that you can identify that. And I know it might feel, you know, oh gosh, I, I don't have half a day a week mm. to give over to this but the reality is is that you're saying I don't want to continue to live in this way that is feeling very stressful when I have deadlines approaching and then something happens mm -hmm. and you know, I know from your notes to me that you've got aspirations for yourself there are things that you want to progress and work on that are outside of your immediate remit yet you've got a big job, you've got lots going on at home. And I think that one of the best things that you can do for yourself is to recognise that that time is going to be taken from somewhere. So we might as well start planning for it. I think that's very sensible. Yeah. And it's definitely not something that I thought of in that way. How do I do that? <laughs> yeah, great question. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll give you a quick personal example then as I am known for doing in coaching, always happy to share a personal story or, you know, an anecdote from another coachee. So my son has special educational needs and he's now in year 10 and this all came to light in year seven. And we have had many years where at school we've had various difficulties. <laughs> it's meant lots of going in and seeing the deputy head and seeing the head of year and lots of trouble and rah, rah, rah. So I got to a point where I thought I need to start factoring in about half a day a week to have meetings, to do paperwork. So it's all settled down now. But the point was I needed to accept that I was going to put that time in. And then if it wasn't needed, great, because I've always got lots of things that I'm working on in the business that I can turn my attention to. But it was really helpful to start saying to myself, right, on a Wednesday morning, it's absolutely time that is not going to have any fixed appointments in it. So that's what I did. And I'm not saying it's easy to do that. And of course, I work for myself. But that just gives you an example of what I practically did was to take, I took appointments out of the diary all day on a Wednesday, in fact. And that was very, very helpful and continues to be very helpful to me. And I'd share that just wondering if that triggers anything in you. Yeah, it brings up various thoughts for me in terms of well two different things really one is to do with the fact that I know that I am pretty poor at blocking time out and keeping it blocked out you know that classic thing where you put a hole in your diary and then a meeting comes along and you accept it 
you know, that's just one thing for me to notice. And then the other thing is squaring that then, and it's the classic problem I know everyone has, but with the commitments I already have. So that's the kind of, when I started the conversation, I suppose what I was meaning in terms of getting through literally the next few weeks and couple of months and just being like, oh my goodness, I've got these on my plate. People are expecting them. They have to be done. And sort of like that sort of more immediate how to work that out. And then on the longer term, again, like I was saying at the beginning of the conversation, the difficult decisions that that then leads to in terms of wider priorities and becoming more at peace with that myself, I suppose, and trying to achieve that. So that, yeah, those are my immediate thoughts. How well would I practically do this? And then what does it mean in the short term and in the longer term? So in the short term, is there an ability there to start blocking out time? So let's just assume that you can respect the time that you block out, or is it a case of there really isn't any time because there are certain things I've committed to that I need to deliver yeah. by X date? Yeah, I think this is probably partly why it felt so timely to be able to have a conversation with you, is mm. that it feels like there's a lot of crunch points right at the moment for all sorts of reasons. And whilst there is some pushback that can be done on some things, there are also hard deadlines, which are hard deadlines. <laughs> so it's very difficult to really do much about that. Well, no, I, I say that there's always stuff that can be done. But often that takes time and mental effort to work out, which is what I've been in short supply of recently. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. So let's imagine then that you're going to hit those deadlines. Yeah. What other things, given that we're managing an acute situation at the moment, because what you're yes. saying is I've got a few things that have to be delivered. And what's our time frame? Is this January, February, March? When does this period come to an end that you're thinking about? Yeah, so basically I've got some deadlines pre-Christmas, which I was hoping to get to a certain point of to be able to actually have a break over Christmas. Whether or not that's achievable, I'm not quite sure at this point. And then uh, big deadlines at the end of January. So if I get to the end of January in one piece and feeling relatively sane and nothing awful happening, then I can collapse at that point and you know, have a bit of, I've already booked some time off. <laughs> okay. So we've got to get you to the end of January. And yeah. what things do you think would facilitate that? Anything at all? I'm going to give you a magic wand, which I often give to people. What would the magic wand do for you? Would it summon up someone to clean the house, to cook meals, an assistant at work? What would enable you to arrive at the end of January having delivered those things and you said and still be in you know, sane mind? Mm -mm -mm. Possibly more childcare. Our little girl's at nursery two and a half days a week. Well, here's a different way of looking at it then is think about, you know, when you're working and then something pulls on your time or your attention. Mm. And you think, oh, I wish I could just, you know, one of mine is, oh, I wish someone else would just make dinner every night because mm -hmm. that would give me an extra 45 minutes at my desk, you know. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's something to go away and think about is just what are those things that you wish could be taken off you and just start paying attention to that inner voice that says, oh, if only. Yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely if someone else tidied the whole house, <laughs> That would be enormously helpful because obviously we're all spending more time at home then it sometimes gets quite wearing <laughs> for sure 
Uh, for sure. You talked about the first thing you said was more childcare, and you said your daughter has two and a half days at the moment, yet yes. you're working almost full time. My mind immediately thinks, well, what's happening on those other two and a half days? Rosie's not trying to work, surely, while she's looking after an 18 month old. Yeah, the well, answer is. <laughs> yeah, and the answer is increasingly so. It's really not a good situation. I had a bit of a revelation last week when I suddenly realized that when my son was a similar age, and I was doing a sort of similar pattern, so off one or two days a week each week with him, I always would go out and do things. And if I was out, then obviously I can't work and we'd have a nicer time and it was just better for everybody, basically. And again, one of the consequences of this whole situation of not being able to do that is really eroding our quality time, I think, and meaning that I, yeah, I am trying to get things done whilst looking after an 18-month-old, which is not great. Well, indeed. But let's say you were able to get out and about. How do you square two and a half days of childcare with the fact that you're working almost full time? Yeah, technically, I'm on four days a week at the moment. And I do a day and a half. So I do a day and a half of those two and a half days of childcare with my other half doing one day. So he does a morning and an afternoon with her. Then the other time, you know, is made up evening working and so forth. So it's kind of a few long days and trying to juggle around the rest. Does that make sense? It sort of adds up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if we were to wave the magic wand, what an extra day of childcare a week, a day and a half, what would you like just to get you to the end of January? Yeah, probably an extra day a week so that I could get stuff done, probably work at the moment. But a few weeks ago, because I was feeling so rubbish, I had a, it wasn't even like half a day. I think it was like about two hours in the end, two or three hours. But basically of one of the days when she was at nursery that I wasn't working, <laughs> which was the first time I'd done that in a very, very long time. And that was good. <laughs> and I was thinking that that would be a good thing to do more regularly. But yeah, at the moment, it also feels unachievable. What would enable that to happen, the booking of the childcare, until the end of January, an extra day a week? Obviously, I'd need to find out if they actually have availability. And it would need a conversation with my other half about it as well. It's a tricky one, really, because I think the thing is that we often start on this conversation of should we get more childcare? And then we end up on a conversation of should we both be working less? Do you see what I mean? So, And then we don't end up doing either. <laughs> as it turns out but it sort of gets a bit sidetracked somehow it sounds as though that's a conversation you can agree to have in february but yes. right now we're managing an acute situation which isn't really a question of shall we do this or shall we not do this it's we're going to do these six extra days for the yeah. six weeks between now and january yes that's what it sounds like to me is that you've recognized that there are certain deliverables that you have committed to at work that you need to do and the only way that's going to happen is if you've got guaranteed more childcare which you said is a day a week and what about the house then is there scope for you to have a temporary cleaner somebody come in maybe once a week for the next six weeks it honestly has never crossed my mind Oh my goodness. I've had a cleaner since and I I am northern Rosie, you know, I am not a posh southerner and I'm casting terrible aspersions here now, aren't I? But you know, I recognise that when I became a parent to two children that something else had to go without something else to be able to have that regular domestic support and it's invaluable and you know what you end up doing a lot less because 
you know that someone else is going to be coming and cleaning the toilet and cleaning toothpaste stains out of the sink at least once a week. Whereas I think I would have done things like clean the sink every day of toothpaste stains. Now I can tolerate them because I think, well, someone's going to, you know, Annie's going to come and sort it out. It will happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it will happen. But I interrupted you. So go on. You said it had never crossed your mind. It sounds so obvious, but somehow in our setup, it's never quite squared. I don't know quite how to explain it very well, but it's never seemed like an obvious solution. Maybe it's a solution for an acute situation. If we can think about this as the next six weeks, mm-hmm. next seven weeks, getting to the end of January, what do we need to throw at it in order for you to yeah. get there in a well state? And maybe there's not an answer now. And I'm not asking you to agree to, yes, I'll get a cleaner, but maybe just something to think about. And I'm wondering whether you would like us to continue to explore this management of the time between now and January, or whether you would like us to turn our attention to the second thing that you wanted us to think about today, which is the bigger picture. The Mm. time is yours. So please, you choose what we do with it. Yeah, I think that's probably sensible, because I think that there's a bit of, and, and that's partly why I put it down as well, when I was thinking before this conversation, because when I've got a better sense of where I'm going, because there are times when I feel like that, you know, I feel like, okay, this is my direction at the moment, then it makes the day-to-day decisions easier. I've definitely noticed that in the past and it means I can let go of stuff more easily. I don't get hung up on certain things. Whereas when you're kind of a bit like, oh, what's the overall goal here? (laughs) Then everything feels as though it might be really important because it might be getting you there. So I think it is quite important for me to do that. And again, it's just been impossible to really have any time to think about that recently. When can you imagine having a decent chunk of time to think about what's wanted beyond this short amount of time we have here today yeah as I mentioned before I'm planning to have a little bit of time off at the end of January and beginning of February I was thinking of having a week and now I'm wondering about having or from a conversation I had with the family member yesterday when I was yeah again sort of saying how difficult the current situation is I was thinking actually maybe I should have longer so maybe two or three weeks just as a bit of a break especially if I end up having to do some stuff over Christmas So that would probably be the first opportunity of a sort of a longish period, if that's what you're meaning. Yeah. And so in February then, when you have these two or three weeks that are acting as a buffer, as kind of going, having some downtime, you know, what would you like to emerge from that time? What knowledge would you like to have about your future? You know, what are the questions you might want to have answered? I do really like my job. When I'm doing it, the individual bits of it, I pretty much enjoy all of it. But it's also a job where you have quite a lot of self-direction. I'm not self-employed. I'm not running my own business, but I get to set my own agenda in quite a lot of ways and decide what projects I take on or design and so forth. So there's quite a lot of autonomy and that comes with quite a lot of choices about different directions. So I suppose a refocusing of what direction am I wanting to go in? It doesn't have to be like a 10-year plan or anything, but just over the next year or two, really, that would be very useful. So to answer the question, what direction am I going in for the next year or two? What is your hunch now if you have one or your gut feel about what you would like to be focusing on for the next couple of years one part of my job that I particularly like is the management side of things I like working with people I do teaching in my job I enjoy that I enjoy the interaction with students I feel as though that's the area that really plays to my strength 
months mm. and perhaps is something that I could develop further. There we go. That's a first start, but I don't know. That's a great start. That's a great start that you're able to articulate what it is that brings you the most joy. You know, you talked about, you said, I really like the management side of my job, the interaction with students, teaching. Those are things that you could develop further. I probably need to do a bit of a audit or however you want to call it of which parts of my job that I get most satisfaction from and that I feel best at really and see how those can be developed because there's definitely some things like I said I mean there's no part of my job that I totally hate but there's definitely some things that I find harder and don't fill me with as much joy as other bits for <laughs> 80% of our time of our working life if we're engaged in stuff that we are enjoying and we feel we're good at utilizing our strengths then we're on to a winner anything upwards of 80% Mm. But there's something that you said earlier that I, mm. I wondered whether it might be useful to sort of tie this back in with what you're talking about now. And you said, maybe I have unrealistic expectations. Mm. So I'm wondering that even if your remit, the remit that you designed for yourself was full of the things that do bring you more joy, so the teaching, the management piece, interacting with students, these expectations, that thing that's in your nature which is to want to get involved in things outside of your role and to do things to the very best of your ability that mindset and those behaviors will still be with you well what do you think about that yeah I think I think it's a very good point and I think it's very tricky you know I'm quite enthusiastic about new things I quite enjoy a variety of stuff I like working with people so if somebody comes along and says oh we could do this together then that excites me I like that but it does make for a tricky job of boundary setting really I do not like letting people down and I do like saying yes to things and I do like opportunities and it's also yeah the nature of my work as well because you're never quite sure what things are going to come up so you sometimes feel well I, I should take the opportunities when they come And also, I think it is challenging. I'm sure I'm not the only person who's felt in a part-time role or trying to do a part-time role, felt a bit of a sense of difficulty in trying to keep up with those who are working full-time or feeling a sense of you should be doing that somehow. I know that one. And I think you you alluded to this in your notes, which is about if you knew what you were about and what you were focused on and and trying to achieve, you'd be less concerned exactly yeah less less bothered about what other people are doing and I think going back to what you said about the people interaction and the sharing knowledge with students that you really enjoy is if you potentially had when I say the word mission I think individuals can have a mission it isn't just businesses that can have a mission but if you were really clear on what you think you are there to do in your job why your role exists and what you are trying to achieve If you were able to design yourself a bit of a mission, it makes it much easier to know what to say yes to and what to say no to, when to pass things on to other people, when just to give someone a half an hour conversation where you can download some ideas to someone but not actually get fully involved in their project or what they're inviting you to be in because you're really clear about what you are there to do. And there may be quieter times and there may be much busier times because several things may come along at once that fit with your mission. 
And I think that can be a really, really helpful way of staying focused and doing the things that feel good and then not feeling resentful and saying yes to something and then things going on at home that takes your attention away on on something that you weren't actually that keen on doing in the first place, but you said yes to, to, to help someone out. It wasn't really on point with your mission. Yeah, I think that's exactly what would be helpful. And I completely agree, basically, that if I feel clearer about, and possibly also if it's something that I have a conversation with my manager about as well, then I sort of will feel legitimate sign off. Does that make sense? Mm, Um, And then I can relax slightly in terms of saying, well, this is what I agreed and this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. So on that note, then, tell me about what you're taking away from our conversation today. Okay. I'm taking away that I'm going to have to listen to it again, (laughs) I think, to make sure that I'm not forgetting anything. There are some sensible (laughs) decisions to be made about managing the situation in the short term and getting through to the end of January, like we've talked about, and getting potentially some more help with that and really focusing on, look, let's just try and get through to that point. And that was particularly, we talked about childcare, we talked about cleaning. Before that, we talked about the blocking out time for the unexpected things on mentally preparing for that. And that's probably one of the most important things, really, which needs to happen because it will happen anyway. <laughs> so, so it might as well be planned for. And then, yeah, thinking about this period in February, which will be at least a week, maybe a couple of weeks that I can try to have some time to myself to think about this bigger mission and bigger picture of what are the things that I am most enjoying and best at and can push forward and what are the things that maybe I enjoy a bit but enjoy less and therefore can drop back on. I think that'll be very useful. Well, I wish you well with sticking to that time off, that decompression time at the beginning of February and I feel really confident that you will hit those targets by the end of January and I hope that you know you make the changes that are going to be most useful to you in this acute period and it was a pleasure to talk with you today Rosie so thank you. Thank you so much Jessica I knew it would be useful and it has been. Wonderful. So often it's our expectations of ourselves and of others that cause us anguish when they're not met, when we find ourselves feeling tired, worn out, stressed, resentful, or like everything is just too much, I think it's helpful to look at what we're expecting of ourselves and what assumptions we're making. You know, we can poke at those and ask, really? Is that really fair? Would I wish that on my best friend? And then we might see things differently. What do you think? Have you got an unrealistic expectation about something? Have you worked to change your expectations? If so, how did you do it? I'd love to hear from you. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram using the handle at comebackcomuk. Three days later, Rosie got in touch and here's her email. Hi, Jessica. I thought you'd be pleased to know I've, one, just had a cleaner friend over for three and a half hours this morning. Two, booked 30 hours extra childcare in January. That's the earliest they could do. Three, We'll probably ask to be paid full time for December slash Jan, as that's what I'm doing. And four, as well as finally made the decision to stay put over the whole Christmas break, which wasn't something we talked about, but has been another source of uncertainty. I definitely feel more in control of my time until the end of January, dot, dot, dot. 
Thank you, Rosie. If you're grappling with a return to work or the ongoing career journey after a break, you might like the free online comeback conversations I'm hosting. Each month, my guest and I take a topic that you've told us you're having challenges with and we attempt to problem solve the issues that you bring to us. Each comeback conversation is just 45 minutes, usually a Tuesday evening, 8pm GMT, and I would love it if you'd come. You can come however you are, whether that's in your PJs, in the bath or whilst making a meal. You don't have to have your webcam on, but we do love it if you place a comment or two in the chat. And if you like the sound of finding out what's on the minds of other people making their comeback, and if you want to ask a question, then head over to comebackcommunity.co.uk. That's also where you can book. So thank you for listening. And until next time, be kind to yourself with your expectations. Thank you.